Is this? Is this? The, <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so you can all go home. Is this the only session we've started on time? And what the cheering's all about? Oh, right, no, that was cool, cool. Does, does anybody that isn't from Old Trafford, apart from the obvious couple, know who I am? Okay, right. There's, there's a few. I'm, my name's Alex, and um, if you check Beth Ramsey's Facebook wall, you will see that I was so unfeasibly excited about leaving this um, session this afternoon that I spent yesterday being sick. All morning. It was, I think it was a bug, actually. Um, but <clears throat> um, this session, we're basically, what we're trying to do is take it from where Wayne has landed at this this morning um, and move into something that you can take away with you, some practical applications that you can take away and, and use in everyday lives. Um, I got some feedback from a few people that um, some of the things that Wayne was saying, you guys are putting in quite a lot of ideas. So those ideas are going to feed into the session hopefully and, and into the rest of your lives. But one of the things that came home to me massively this morning when I was listening to Wayne was the thought that none of this is possible. We cannot do anything without Jesus. And I've got a song to play for you which basically encapsulates that whole principle. And it's from a new album by a guy called Sean Groves. And you ought to go out and buy it. Um, it's called Third World Symphony and it's amazing. I'm not getting permission, okay? Um, but it's a really, really good album and it speaks right to the heart of what the Christian message is all about. Anyway, listen to it um, with me. The words will come up on the screen. I've got nothing in my hands to part these ways. I've got nothing in my bank account that saves. I've got no more money left to muscle through. But oh no, I've got you. I've got you. Got demons gathered around, old oh, laughing up. It's spreading down so bloody, I can't drink this cup. I've got no one left who thinks I'll make it through. Oh, oh, I've got you. I've got you. I've got you when all I've got 
is gone And I've got you to satisfy my soul I've got faded memories of better days I've got a prayer that they'll be back around my way And you've got me, and oh, that gets me through. Oh, Lord, I've got you. I've got you. Jesus, I've got you. I've got you. What Wayne was trying to to say this morning. If we don't have Jesus, then then it's all worthless. If we don't get to that point where we realize that the only thing that gets us through is Jesus, then uh, we're missing the point half the time. So, this afternoon I've got three keys to help you kind of unlock what Wayne's been talking about in the Beatitudes, what Wayne's been thinking about with God. And those are basically going to be practical ways that you can apply what Wayne's been teaching us, um, what Wayne's been sharing us. And you might have to start your journey with one of them and gradually move to the others. That's fine. Um, You might find that some are easier than others. You might find that some lead to others for you, and that's fine. You don't have to take it all at once. You don't have to be there straight away. It's a journey. Um, so don't worry if you kind of think, oh, I'm, not, I'm, quite, I'm struggling with the ideas here, um, because it's a journey, and, and we're all moving in the same direction. So the first key we, uh, well, I'll tell you, they're all about connection, basically. These three keys are all about connection. Um, and as you probably be like way ahead of me, because I'm a bit slow really, you're thinking already connection about connection to God, connection to Jesus. So that's right. You've jumped ahead of me. But the first connection is about passion. I'm not talking about the passion you have for your boyfriend or girlfriend. I'm not talking about the passion you have for your football team um, or for food or clothes or shoes or I'm talking about is connecting your passions, those deep down desires of your heart, connecting those passions to the passions of God. And that's something that can take a little while to explore um, in your own life to try and work that out. But if you read... If you read this book, you will find that it's all about God's passion for his people. There is nothing in here that you won't read about that is not about God loving people, God passionately reaching out to people, God wanting to save people. Any Bible story, throw a Bible story at me, and you'll see it's about God's passion for his people right in the middle of it. 
That is a challenge if you want to. Any Bible story. You don't doubt me, do you? Or do you? Or are you just scared of me? You're trying to think of a really difficult one, aren't you, Lisa? You're trying to think of one that doesn't. But there isn't one. Start to finish, it's a book about, it's, it's a love story. For God, for his people. And his people, of course, is everybody, everybody in the world. But how does that relate to us here and now? How does that relate to God? How does that relate to the attitude? How does that relate to kind of mirror image? Well, the way I understand it is that when we are confident uh, in our self-image, because we are satisfied in and because of our relationship with God, then we won't be able to help but to want to reflect God, to want to mirror God, to want to mirror the life of Jesus. And that will almost always show itself in a passion for people. I'm going to get you to do some work now. And we're going to test our passion, okay? There's paper on the tables. If you don't have enough pens or paper, there's, I've got some more pencils here and I can get some more paper. But we're going to test our passions and it's alright, it's not anything scary. We're looking at five minutes, okay? And I'll set the timer and if you go beyond it, you have to stop because you're not allowed to cheat in church, okay? Um, so what I want you to do on a bit of paper, um, you can just fit a corner, you can chat about it, you can um, you know, get ideas of other people and just explore it. Note down some things that you think you are passionate about. What is it that connects deeply to your heart? Just for a couple of minutes, and then I'm going to give you something else to write down. So the passions, the things that connect to your heart, the deepest. Something you're passionate about. Has anyone? Has somebody? All right, okay. Put the other one. Has anyone written nothing? Nobody. Has anyone written down nothing? Nothing at all. Okay, you probably should have done it in a slight list because next to this you've got to write something else down. Write down something that you do but you're not passionate about. Okay? So it might be cleaning your bedroom. It might be going to school, doing your homework. Something you tolerate but not necessarily are passionate about. Back to the centre again. Next to those things you've written down, everybody, next to those things you've written down, just try and work out over either the last year or last month or last week or even just the last day. Just try and work out, percentage-wise, how much time you've spent on those activities. Just to compare the two. So if you spend like 90% of your time doing what you're really passionate about, and then 10% of time doing what you tolerate. Or if you spend half your time cleaning your room and only five minutes on your... Just try and look at the difference between those things. Before you get bored of the task, what is the result? What's your general result? You don't, 
to Amherst 70 30, 70 31. So you've got 70%, this is an average, 70% of things that you just have to do in non necessarily passionate about. Only 30% of your time you can spend doing what you're really passionate about. Anyone else for anything different? What I'm trying to show you here is just an example, just an analysis of do you put enough time into the things you're really passionate about? Do you feel like you've got enough time doing the things you're passionate about? And can that picture change? Should that picture change? Just imagine what would life be like if that picture did change? Well, if, if that was an ideal situation for you, you don't have to feedback to me, what would it be like in your life if it, if it was an ideal balance for you? So maybe think about these things as you go away. Maybe you might have to tear a piece of paper up there or scribble it down. Just for something to take away with you, see if you can work out how to connect those passions you've got on there the things you're really passionate about. See if you can work out how to connect those things to God's passion. And what's God's passion? People, yeah. Safety. God's passion for people. Are there any ways that you can connect the passions you've got written down to God's passion? Can you find ways to feel what God feels about the people around you? Slide one. That's the key of passion. Secondly, we have the key of place. I'm sure everyone will recognise this place. Well, that's where we are now, almost. This is slightly edged to one side. Anyway, there's a bit missing from there, of course, because it's Google takes forever to, to um, update their images. But the second key is place. It's about connecting the place where you stand now to the place where God is calling you to be. Connecting the place where you stand now to the place where God is calling you to be. And you might not actually know that, which is fine. But do you remember Moses? Put your hands up if you don't remember Moses. Everybody knows Moses. Moses was a failure. Okay? Moses was a prince-turned-shepherd for 40 years. Moses spent wandering around the desert because he was outcast by his own people and he couldn't go back to the Egyptians because he killed them all. And being a shepherd was a job in those cultures and those times which was pretty much despised. Moses was a complete and utter failure in his own eyes and in most people around his eyes. And God turned to Moses out of the burning bush and says, take off your shoes because the place where you stand is holy ground. Do you feel like you've been told or you just feel like maybe you're too old or you're too young or you're too thick or you're too clever or you're too good or you're too bad or you're too worldly or you're too spiritual to be connected to the mission of God? But for 
every single one of you in this room, God says, holy ground. And you stand on holy ground. Not because of you. The ground is made holy not because you are there, but because God has come to you, to the place where you stand, to meet you where you are. That's why the ground is holy. And to everybody, God says, holy ground. So what's your place? Where are you standing right now? Maybe it's your your location where you live. Maybe it's sort of the position you are in your life. Maybe it's your age. Maybe it's your beliefs. Maybe it could be anything, any your whole circumstances. Where are you at this moment in time that God can speak to you holy ground? Can you connect that where you are now to somewhere where God might be calling you to? Now, I appreciate that. Some of you may just stand and say, no, I can't, I can't hear anything there. But that's fine. Because I must have been twenty something before I really felt like God had any calling in my life. But if you listen and if you connect quietly to God, you will hear that call eventually. And God will find a way to connect your place to his place and your place to his passion, the first thing we talked about. So we're going to do another exercise. We're going to look at holy heroes. Okay? Again, you might want to write it down. You might just want to chat with your friends. Think of somebody, a person, some people that you admire. Okay? It would be helpful if we're talking about um, a spiritual person, a godly person, as opposed to someone that you admire because of their fashion sense or um, because they're really tall or they're a great footballer or something. Somebody who is a, a godly person, somebody who is worth... What about them inspires you? Get out of here, Sam. Hang on, hang on. I've not said everything yet. What about them inspires you? Do you know what journey they've travelled to get to where they, they've got to? And do you think you could follow them? Do you think you could find out what journey they've made if you don't know already? Do you think you could follow their footsteps to a similar place? We just think again back to Moses. If God was looking for something in your life to hide in, like he hid in that bush for Moses, what could God set fire to? Have a think about some people. Have a chat about some people you might admire. And work out any ways that you might be able to follow their journey. You've got five minutes. But I've seen some really cool things. Some really... Hello! I've seen some really cool things. Some really interesting... Um, some really interesting things going down. Some really great people that we can look to for, for mentoring, for um, advice, for, for you know, following their spiritual journey. Particularly this group in the middle, they're great. And that group over there, got Wayne written in the middle there, and this group, and that group over there. We've got, we've got a holy hero in our midst. But shall I tell you why you should look up to Wayne? It's because Wayne is trying to display Jesus to you. 
not because he's Wayne and he's great, although he is, but Wayne is trying to show you what Jesus is like. And that's why we look up to, to Wayne and say, Wayne, tell us more about your spiritual journey. So I'll stick you on the spot. <clears throat> so remember that the place where you now stand is this, this time, this physical location, your age, your status, uh, whatever situation that you're now in, is sacred because it's the only place you have to respond to God's call of life. You cannot be thinking, if only, or when I, or next week, now. The past is a mystery. The, fu- the past is, a, is history. The future, uh, Johnny will have to edit this quite heavily. The past is history. The future is a mystery. What we call now, today, is a gift, which is why we call it the present. And it was in there somewhere. Go from the start. Okay. No, let's not. I haven't got time for that. I'll get it wrong again. But the point is, now, you can only live for the now, because now affects what happens in the future. Being secure as a Christian, being secure in your faith, is not about how soon you arrive, it's about who you travel with. You're traveling with God, you're traveling with Jesus. So our final key is purpose. Look for the connection between the purposes you have now in your life, whatever they might be. It might be attaining GCSEs, it might be getting A-levels, it might be getting a degree, it might just be getting through tomorrow at school because there's some really nasty people that sit behind you in the classroom. Whatever those things are, connect the purpose you have now in your life to the purpose that God has for your culture and your context and for your life. You see, your purpose is that kind of profound sense of where we're from and where we're going. And again, that might take some time to develop. It might take a while to really sit down and concentrate and, and let those things come to you. But God is inviting us to make our purposes his purposes. Just like Jesus did. Just like Jesus did in putting God first, then others, and then self. Hopefully. No, Jesus didn't just hope for himself. He did it. But purpose comes with a warning. It is not just unconnected floating desires. Purpose is passion with direction. So we're tying in that first key again. Passion with direction is what purpose is. God's purpose is passion for people. Directed towards liberation, freeing people from slavery. Whether you look at in freeing the Israelites from Egypt, whether you look at um, in Nehemiah, where they're free from uh, slavery, or where Jesus comes to free us from the slavery of our sin. That's what God's passion is. That's what God's purpose is. So we've got one last exercise, which is called the triangle of purpose. And that goes to say that the triangle of purpose, this particular triangle, is no use to anyone when it's in its box. 
And it's no use to anyone if they're trying to set up a pool table or use a protractor or it's only useful in its appropriate context. And in that context, it saves lives. So, this might be the hardest people to deal with. And you might want to feed off other people's ideas. You might want to just watch tables a little bit amongst the people you don't know quite so well as you did before. And try and get some ideas from other people. You might just have to watch if you feel like it's too hard. Because you can always learn from someone else's experience. But again, you've got five minutes and you find a blank piece of paper and you can do it in groups and you draw a big triangle, okay? Big, big triangle on a piece of paper. Try and fill the edge as much as you can. Fill the paper as much as you can. Fill, fill the paper with the triangle. Look, that'll do. Big enough, all right. Put on one corner of your triangle. Oh, good grief. <laughs> we have a double piece of paper triangle. Okay, on one corner, on one corner, write the passions of my heart, purposes and passions of my heart. So, purpose and passion, or my purpose and passion. you've written that, on another corner write God's purpose and passion. And on your last corner write the need of this world. In your groups, just have a, a chat about where you think you are as individuals within that triangle. Do you think you're clearer about God's purposes than you are about your part in them? Do you think that you're more aware of your own needs than you are about the needs and desires of other people? Do you think that you're aware of other people's needs at the expense of knowing what God's got in store for this world and what his plan is? How do you think you could better balance those three points? So get yourself in the triangle, not literally. Draw yourself in the triangle and then have a chat about where you think you are, where you think you can be moving to to get more balance. Like I say, this is perhaps the most difficult one, which is why you might want to go and chat with some of the slightly older guys to see if they've got any ideas, any tips. Five minutes. None of them are good or bad. Know that. <laughs> I know that is asking a lot of you for that particular exercise. So again, it's something to, to think about going on from this weekend. <clears throat> the aim for this one, for our lives, is to get towards the centre of the triangle. Because if you're at one of the corners, you've got it's unbalanced and it's not going to work. If your devotion to God makes the needs of the world seem more distant to you, then you're not expressing faith, you're expressing escapism. 
they all tie in together. Okay? Taking up the baton of God's purpose means pursuing your neighbour's well-being in the same way you pursue your own well-being. Looking after your neighbour as well as you look after yourself. I think somebody famous once said that. So, feeding the poor, playing football, leading worship events, putting on plays, creating art, shopping for old folks, campaigning for justice, creating and using wealth, skateboarding, dancing, writing, recording, singing, clubbing. All of these things can and do have a legitimate place in God's purposes because they are transformed into God's mission when they are done in response to God's word and in obedience to the guidance of the Spirit. You can do all of those things. There's nothing wrong with them when you do them in response to God's calling, what God speaks to us in the Bible. And finally, we find a lot of these three keys and they all fit and they have to fit together. And a lot that these three keys fit into the, the three key lock that takes passion, place and purpose is the lock of prayer. Prayer is the gateway to connectedness to God. It is the pathway to connecting your passions to God's passion. Prayer is the journey that links the place you now stand to the place where God is calling you to be. Prayer is a direction that brings your purposes in line with God's purposes. Prayer is the power behind connection and is a heartbeat of understanding, unlocking and expanding God, others, self, You can be unprepared, but as long as you are prayed, then God is with you. And if you really, really want to stay connected, to maintain your passion, to develop your purpose, to connect the place where you are now with the place where God will call you to be, then all you need to do is sign up to the oldest mobile network in Detroit. Nothing will equip you better than prayer to live out this gosh type of life. Trev is going to um, lead a few songs and uh, then we'll pray and we can go on the merry way. We've got one more song um, to finish off with, but um, I'm just going to pray. I've got some stuff here to take home with you. Just some little steps just to keep in your mind the things that you've been thinking about this weekend, some further pointers, some further places to explore, and a little treat that you will never forget this weekend when you look at the treats there. So pick those up on your way out. Let's pray, um, and then we'll just have a final song. Great God of love, I look out and see a sea of young faces saying that you are their friend. 
saying is I just want to praise you. And I'm a tough brother in the Lord, so I'm going to let my eyes lead the way. But Lord, you know, you know our hearts. You know the direction we're going. And there's nothing more moving to somebody who's who's been doing it a while, who's been walking a walk that tries to be in line with you, Jesus, that tries to follow you. There's nothing more heartwarming, there's nothing more encouraging and exciting than seeing a new generation looking to you, looking to praise you, looking to live their lives in a Jesus way. Lord, pour out your spirit now and bring people to the Lord. Fill them so that you break out into their lives. So that you break out into their homes, into their schools, so that your love, your passion, your purpose will be everything to them and will be unstoppable in this world. Lord, set their house on fire. Set anything that it takes to on fire in these young folks so that they can be a blessing to you by being a blessing to other people. Lord, let us live lives that scream out God others self Lord Jesus, you are with us and blessing us and we thank you. And we thank you for speaking to powerful through Ryan this evening. What more can I say that you only you can do this. Only you can take over when we surrender to you. So Lord, we pray that we will be able to lift our arms to you, to worship, and to completely let you take control of our lives. Let's take that risk. We ask your Jesus in your strong name. Amen. Can't go a whole weekend. Can't go a whole weekend with at least having one song with a certain drummer. This is a personal song, guys. Okay? We've had a laugh. And that's absolutely fine. That's great. But this is a song that you're singing to Jesus. Okay? Enjoy it. Because he's listening and he's here with us.